Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the NXT 2 Oh review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by the Dudley Boys of What Culture, Michael Hampton and Michael Sidgwick here to review everything that happened on last night's episode of NXT 2. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review NXT 2, but also as well as pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week complete with a pretty good quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. As I said, though, joined by Hamlet and Sidgwick to review NXT 2.0. And what did you make of last night's show, Hamlet? Your face contorts in ways some of these trainee wrestlers never will, I think, because they're so <laughs> stiff and wooden. I do sometimes stare at my hands and wonder why I've created <laughs> Why are my emotions so violent? My emotions are very violent for this 2.0. I had a... Didn't I... This comes up a lot. This was neither a good enough wrestling show nor wacky enough bollocks to be something that I particularly enjoyed. When it goes completely over the top stupid, I'm rushing into work. Yeah, you know, like Peter Griffin scene where he's got his own soundtrack and he's like skipping to work that day. <laughs> That's me when something so ludicrous has happened that I cannot wait to get into work to talk about it with these. Um then some ev- bits t- on last night's show. There's a couple. There's a couple. You'll elevate them. You always do. Like we all will. There was a <laughs> there was the generic NXT 2.0 match, which I am running out of patience for. Like in the opener, that kind of thing, where like nothing that great happens. There was a couple of like moments in the middle. Just none of the wrestling was so great that I would like be just buzzing to get in and have the chat over the desks about. Oh, did you see this? Did you see this? And then like as Sidgwick, I know for a fact later on he's going to go on into detail over. The one bit they might have done was immediately ripped away. Rug well and truly pulled before they could. Oh. So it's just, yeah, like very few emotions right now, but there might have been, there might be more by the end of the review. MOR 2.0. MOR, this is Travis 2.0. <laughs> like, oh, eh, this is not good. This is not good. I will say that in contrast. The man, the man who? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, this show, in contrast to my colleague, um, just, I have, I, you know, in agreement with my colleague, rather, just yields nothing within me, evokes nothing within me at all. It is not capable of disappointing to me. 
it's not capable of disappointing me because my expectations are so low and I got disappointed by something on this program, mm. which makes it even worse than <laughs> I ever thought possible. Mixed emotions, I think it's fair to say. <laughs> on no this emotions. Show. One brief bad emotion. Oh, I had some emotions watching this show, but that's 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 my business, basically. <laughs> I'm sure we'll get into it. Uh, let's start with the opener then. It was uh, Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams versus Cameron Grimes and Solo Sokoa. <laughs> uh, this, of course, ahead of Cameron Grimes versus Carmelo Hayes, the North American Championship. And Solo Sokoa, he's got next, as the crowd often reminded us. Throughout this match, uh, the show opened actually with. Uh, Mello and Trick cutting a promo, uh, walking down to the ring, talking about the fact that Carmelo's going to win back the North American title at In Your House. And they try and jump their opponents, Grimes and Sokoa, at the bell. But Grimes kicks down Trick Williams and Solo Sentons uh, Mello to take control early on. Later on, Mello tags in and hits a nice assisted springboard crossbody uh, for a two count. Then uh, when Solo and Trick Williams are in there, he sends Trick into the corner, splashes him, does that Usos hip smash thing that they all do. Um, Solo goes up top. Mello distracts him, though. That allows Trick Williams to hit a kick. That takes us to break. Um... Then when we come back, uh, Cameron Grimes gets the hot tag, comes in, cleans house, double Hurricane Rana in there. Uh, there's a high crossbody to Hayes, um, but as Cameron Grimes is doing the whole to set up for the cave-in, Sokoa tags himself in. There's a little bit of an argument between the two, but in the end, Solo Sokoa nails Hayes, uh, cave-in to Trick Williams to stop him interfering, and then Sokoa goes up top and splashes Carmelo Hayes for the one, two, three, and there's even a minute, uh, moment post-match where uh, the referee's going to give the North American Championship to Grimes, but Solo takes it off him, has a little moment with it, and then hands it to the champ. I was quite surprised by the result of this match in terms of who got pinned, but like you say, Hamflet, um, as always, they put the good stuff at the start of this show in terms of the good wrestling in the opener. Yeah, good wrestling and all and all of that means unfortunately these are all ready for the main roster because this trick was, isn't this was i love him but he's not well no but this match was as drab and formulaic as anything on a raw yeah. smackdown so they can absolutely fit into those like avatar positions of being a wrestler to watch for 10 tv minutes nothing here was so fantastic that I was left with any takeaways um that suggested that the title match was going to be prestigious the title matches i should say were going to be prestigious because so lucico has got next don't know if you're aware mm-hmm. um it's WWE, so I'm numb to the top contender getting pinned, even though he's getting pinned by the other contender. So it's this idea that maybe it doesn't matter which one of them is going to take the title, but one of them will. You know, like well, maybe he wants Melo to win at the uh, in your house because he knows he can beat him now. I guess so. I guess so. Maybe this. Maybe I'm just low on all of these. I'm not. I'm just not wowed by these guys interacting with each other at this point. I feel like all of this is really, really played out. And not to particularly neg Cameron Grimes, but I think the feud's been quite damaging for Carmelo Hayes. I think he's been mostly really normalized since mm-hmm. he lost the title in a way where in WWE, at least when you lose your, well, no, not always, but if you're in a position where you're losing a secondary title because they've got bigger plans for you, you know, you lose upwards if you drop the United States Intercontinental or North American title, uh, tends to be that your next feud is this like little placeholder one where you're beating up a mid-carder just to let the fans forget that you held a mid-card belt and then on you go. It feels like the total reverse of that. It feels like you've lost the mid-card title and now you're scrambling, chasing your tail to try and win it back. 
And I just think that's a terrible look on Carmelo Hayes. It undermines most of, like, all this awesome charisma they've got. And I like the promo at the start as well. Like, mm. I totally bought into that. If you have that promo and then you have them win, I know they're heels, but if you have them cut that promo and then they win, it's just backing up the verbiage and it's backing up the confidence. And it almost doesn't matter if and when he loses to Cameron Grimes because you've seen the guy that he's going to want to become. I think they're really gambling on how much you can lose upwards with this character. And it's just, I'm kind of cold and unfeeling to it. Solo Sokoa, like, has got all this raw potential but maybe I'm saying that literally you should just draft him a raw like I, I, I don't know what more they can get out of Solar Score and NXT 2.0 but in their minds they probably want him for another like year and a half or something like the Bron Breaker fairy tale story where he wins the belt before he can take it up and meet his tribal chief old man Champa might be gone but you know what they say life isn't a vessel that feeds away but the impression you make I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's not like a of like old timey wisdom. Um, what I'm getting at here is that Solis goes uh, to Asa Champa now. Mm. Um, Stare at this belt right here to convey that I want it. <laughs> <laughs> Maroon and gold. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, right, okay, I get it. Ah, this, it's for me. <laughs> That's what he was doing yeah. with like the belt. It's like, all right, okay, I get it. I've been. You might as well hit me over the head with a belt for how this passes for storytelling. Two weeks in a row they've done that as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, God, you didn't get it the first time, you thick. C- so basically, <laughs> you must watch it again. Sorry, that'll be the last of the swearing. We, we are taking the piss. Um, but, you know, this match was structurally mediocre and formulaic, highlighted highlighted <laughs> by some really good and snappy, cool work on the part of Cameron Grams. But nowhere near enough, as Sample points out, for me to really get into it. And I didn't like the post-match. And why are you pinning Carmelo Hayes? Yeah, that, when I've just seen a match graphic that he's ready to schedule, uh, scheduled to challenge for this title at the paper, the quasi-pape that mm. I'm going to watch and really look forward to. And everything that I'm watching now functions to build my interest in what happens in two weeks' time. Why, why did he lose? Why yeah, did know. he lose? I don't know why you have Trick Williams in this roster. match. Is this the medium live event rather than the premium <laughs> one? Because you can't call in your house a premium live event when the guy's getting beaten so soon before his title match. It's just the most basic failure of booking imaginable. And this is no aberration. They did the exact same thing with Robert Roode. And Dolph Ziggler took the fall in, like, at least one tag team yeah. match, and he was going to be the big bad for Bron Breaker at Stand and Deliver. Mm. What are they doing? Carmel Hayes is going to have to come out of promo, cut, cut a promo next week saying, well, I do lose 99 times, but yeah, one of those times I might win. <laughs> it's, it's no wonder this brand is in the absolute dump. Yeah, it's an absolute toilet. I don't yeah, know man, they're you're... going on a massive tour, and they're going to sell out buildings Florida-wide. So, you know. My concern now is talking Argo about this steak match. and grill. <laughs> My concern now is we talk about this match. Is say three quarters of it is easily main roster ready. Has been for ages. Is they put all four of them on the main, main roster just before what we've been begging for, i.e., put Trick Williams on the Largo loop before that can happen. <laughs> Up to the main roster you go. Yeah, like the, the Largo loop. Like Trick Williams is no longer getting lost. No, and he's becoming WWE's version of passable, which is encouraging because he's got so much star power. And getting them reps is the best thing for them. That's the one highlight I will take. This stupid video package they've done for the stupid Largo loops that, if you want to be realistic about it, didn't really help the creation of stars in the NXT system to begin with. Kenta got injured on one, though. Uh, <laughs> got injured on the Largo loop, didn't he? Aye. Uh, right, Mackenzie's backstage chatting with Pretty Deadly um, about their tag team title match against the Creeds at In Your House. And they pretend to be a little bit scared, and then they start laughing 
uh, and say, look, we beat them in our, literally our first and next team match. No mention that it was a gauntlet and they'd be battered by everyone else preceding that. Um, but they also say, well, we'll see how they are tonight after our boys, the Viking Raiders, are done with them. I like that. Yeah. Mm. I think Pretty Deadly have settled in brilliantly in NXT. I, I just, I, it's the best place for them, funnily enough. <laughs> I get it. I, I get them. They're tall. Like, I saw how tall they were in this one. And, and sexy. Just, yeah, quite sexy. It just it made sense to me why they're here and why they're immediately getting pushed. I, don't, I, I still think, like, the charm will wear off awfully quickly. I, like, I, yes, boy! Yes, boy! Yes, boy! I think they're really one-dimensional. Of course um, you are. Yeah, like... <laughs> That's no, not their fault. No, no, none of this will last in a way, like, you know the example I'm going to lean on, as it obviously did with, like, the original 2.0. Our friends at in Everrise that have since like made it onto mainstream television, it, it, it's not the same. But I understand why people will go looking for the same because you just you're reaching you're reaching out like a baby face reaching for a hot tag just for a tiny bit of patter week on week, and you'll get it from them for about a month. It's going to be another one of them where I'm going to draw comparisons to our favorite yeah. former NXT yeah. tag team a little bit later on. Uh, but let's talk next about Thea Hale. Uh, there's a video package for her. She's the newest signee. Uh, she's going to the performance center. But first, she's got a finish high school so she was born in what like 2004 god we're so old yeah. 2004 would that make her she i think born? i peaked in 2004 <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, genuinely what did you right 2004 like in terms of oh, yeah, that's, events we, what does your mind immediately go to because I, I got mine straight away like life events just not personal like, just just things you remember if someone says the year 2004 what happened that year it's been while winning the world title sorry, really I'm sorry i'm a robot but like I was, it was the back end of my first year at university. It was about as like I was turning nineteen. It was right. I was about almost as happy as my life ever would be, like because it was just there was so much university left, and I'd been there long enough to actually like really enjoy it. I'd made like a full circle of friendship. Like it felt like home, and there was absolutely no way I was ever moving back in with my parents. It was just felt very, very, very established and safe in my new surroundings, and I like safety. So like two thousand four for me was me taking the first step on my way towards not being a useless tosser. Because <laughs> I was kind of scared of the world a little bit. My instant impulse was, I'm just going to, and I'm not saying it's bad to do this by any stretch, but for me it was a bad decision because I was sort of um, indulging the worst parts of myself. Never did I think, never experienced wanderlust. Never did I think to go, I'm just going to stay in Newcastle University. I've got the A-levels for it. Nice, like, established university. I'm going to go, I'm going to do English, no idea what I'm going to do next, but I'm going to stay at home, I don't want to do my own washing or my own cooking, I'm useless at all of this. And I remember distinctly my vivid memories of 2004 were in October, hating my life at Newcastle University, watching people from all across the country, making friendship groups, and I remember sitting in um, a little cafe, what's it called, Boscoops? Something like that in Newcastle, on my own because everyone else had made friends, and I was just the weird guy who lived in Gateshead. And I wrote a list of pros and cons to leave university. Wow. And the, le- the, the pros for staying were good university, qualifications, blah, blah, blah. And the right-hand side was just, I'm depressed. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought, you know what? I, and then the very next day, I withdrew. And then I went to uh, apply to the University of Leeds. And that was the change, the first change of, I'm not so scared of the world. That's great. Huh? So that's 2004 Best way to leave home. IMO. Like editorializing, but anybody listening that's at that point in their life, like I, I'm still to this day terrified of most things. But if you're going to leave home and you're able to do it through university, if you're privileged and fortunate enough mm. to have the chance, I would heartily recommend it. I left like two hours, two and a half maybe hours away from my folks, and it was 
exactly the right like exactly the right distance. And the good thing is now with the way that it's worked out, even here, especially here in England, it, all you have to do to do that is sell a kidney. So you know, yeah, it's all it's going to cost probably. That's it now. Yeah, you're not going to plunge yourself into. Still go, by the way. Oh, absolutely. Like, thousands and thousands and thousands. Like, I'll be in debt till they wipe it at 65. I'm never <laughs> going to pay off my student loan. Absolutely still go. I wish the fees were lower and I wish that the loans were smaller. But I think they wipe it early now as well. Mm. Like, I think we're of an era where you get the 65 because our fees weren't quite as terrifying. I think the frightening fees now, you, they just wipe it at 60. You never, like, don't believe the narrative that, like, you need to get this job off the back of university. You don't go to university to get a job. Oh, what no, you do Like, it's, it's this minging thing that we're like, this, they're commodifying. Educate. This is more interesting than it's the UK uh, two point Let's talk about this instead. Like commodifying degrees and like parents are going, like, well, you're not going to get that job at the end. Like, no, yeah, bollocks, absolute nonsense. Go to university for everything else other than getting a job at the end of it. It's the best. It's really, really great. Ersmeyer screwing England out of the 2004 European Championships. That's what my <laughs> brain immediately goes to. Sol Campbell leaping up there, Ricardo saving a penalty, then scoring it. Is that the Ronaldo wink? No, that's 2006. 2006. He's working out. 2004 was a disallowed time. goal because I remember I was in a pub in Devon. Absolute scenes. And it took about two minutes before anyone realised, oh, they've, they've, they've disallowed that goal. And then Ersmeyer was not popular in the no. Wilborn household. I was working so. at Haven Holiday Park for that tournament. And it was like these family, giant family club rooms. And I just worked behind the bar because um, there was loads of them. I grew up in Scarborough and there was tons of them nearby. And like... There was a lot of people on, and this is not to denigrate these people because I went on one of these holidays when I was a kid. You could go on holidays with like a UK tabloid for nine pounds. Yes, you remember them? And like we had a load there for this particular tournament, and a massive fight broke out when England got knocked out of the tournament. <laughs> and one of my one of my sort of vivid memories from that period is one of the entertainment staff in the Bradley Bear attire trying to separate like parents that were trying to <laughs> knock 10 bells out of each other in front of like their own kids because <laughs> like they only, when you paid a tenant going all of this had more money to spend on beer didn't they and Bradley Bear trying to like get in amongst it and like it was a dereliction <laughs> not worth of, it it was a dereliction of duty uh, to get involved in that in the costume but they really were just trying to like solve a problem but not sackable which wasn't the case for somebody that left the door open to the backstage area and like so the kids could see the dismembered head of Rory the Tiger, which like ab- absolutely was sackable. Somebody lost their job for leaving the door open and seeing the tiger's head there. <laughs> Chin someone in an outfit, fine. <laughs> Decapitate said, yeah, break, mascot. break kayfabe. Break kayfabe. I did three amazing summers at Haven Holiday. They're, 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 don't don't go on holiday there, but work there if you can because it's oh, terrifying to see the wires. In Haven, you have to when you first get there, you have to go around and shake everyone's hand to show respect. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that, but when you did, you could definitely feel the jizz on the other place. <laughs> All right, uh, let's return to NXT uh, and the women's breakout tournament. It was Lash Legend versus Tatum Paxley, who was the power lifter, if you remember. Oh, uh, I, I was reminded three <laughs> times during this match. <laughs> yes. Um, Stop doing it. <laughs> the story of this match, uh, well, Lash Legend charged in initially and, and got, an, uh, got an early near fall. Um, standing scissor kick. Uh, but he gets caught by Paxley. Rana head scissors. Uh, Legend kips up. There's a diving clothesline by Tatum Paxley. And another one. Um, that gets her a two count. And then the story, yes, was uh, her attempting to get Lash Legend in with the electric chair. But her leg just kept giving out. Uh, at one point, Legend just put her in a stretch muffler and wrapped her leg around the ring post as well. Uh, she did it on several occasions. On the third time, the leg properly gave out. Legend hit her with a high kick. One, two, three. I think you've got the actual story beats wrong. The story of this match was two pissed-up festival goers, one of which was trying to lift up the other to give them a better view of the band. <laughs> 
honestly, the amount of time she's like, oh, get you up in this electric chair, drop. It was like, this is terrible. I was like, why are you doing this? <laughs> I understand, right? Because I can grasp exposition and I can recall what your vignette was. You are a power lifter. So they tried to do this three t- It's like, give up. You're loser. You're terrible at this. It's not working for you. Do some strikes. Do some grapples. Yeah? Don't do this three times. It's You, you look like an idiot. You look like an imbecile. You look weak. You don't look like you're very good at powerlifting, which mm. is your one-dimensional character. You can't get across the struggle. You can't build sympathy from the audience because they don't pay attention to emotion or sympathy or action or character dynamics. They just go, this is awesome. <laughs> this is, whatever it is. What, why tell a story in front of these people? I was furious watching this. Furious. I've not seen like anybody so pointlessly fight for an electric chair since us, maybe. Yes. <laughs> With the Mysterios. It was just, it went like, just like we always said, it was going to be pointless and rubbish, and it was. <laughs> oh, I was speaking to her earlier today, Vic, and she told me she likes to lift weights. Like, just, I, it was, this was relentless and crap. Yes. So the thing that was the point, the, the end goal was like not remotely satisfying. There was no payoff to that. The match was mostly useless. That was terrible. Like, I just, my guilt doesn't go away being critical of some of the matches on 2.0, but the wrestlers shouldn't be on the show because the show shouldn't be on the air. So it's not on, the, it's like they're the last people that should be eating the criticism, but unfortunately they have to eat loads of it because here it is. Lousy. Mm. Just rubbish. End to end garbage. Well, let's cheer ourselves up because next it was. Uh, Tony D'Angelo with uh, with stacks in two dimes, uh, heading heading towards, of course, his match um, against Santos Escobar in the main event to determine the dawn of NXT. Uh, so <clears throat> we had Tony saying, uh, "I'm gonna have to join you next to the microphone because this goddamn thing isn't working." Okay, okay. Uh, so we uh, start with Tony, who says, uh, "Hey, Santos, you messed up big, my guy. Hey, it didn't have to be this way." But tonight, when I'm done pummeling you, you're going to have no one to blame but yourself. Tony, how we doing this? Balboa speed bagging them like we did to those chuckleheads in grade school? Are we thinking something like what we did to Ray Ray on the corner? What, are you talking about the first time or the second time? Oh, you know I like the set of second time better. <laughs> I can still remember him soaring through the air, right? You hit the ground like a basketball. <laughs> Look, hey, guys, this is different. You guys remember what I did to Beansy at the bakery? <laughs> I hit him so bad he had to start pitching with his left hand, right? <laughs> hey, what do we call that? I uh, I can't remember. It was something to do with... Uh... Hell in a handbasket. Oh, hell in a handbasket. My guy's got a memory like an elephant, huh? Hey, but Tony, you flew solo on that one. Yeah, and you're telling one nervous about that, and your boy is laying 13. I don't really know what that <laughs> is. I don't really know what was said here, so I just sort of glassed her over and what happened? Hey, no more problems at the bakery. But tonight, I beat Santos <laughs> alone. Hey, am I the Don? Come on. Trust me on this, all right? Fantastic word, gentlemen. Thank you for that. We'll just submit, submit that to the Oscars. <laughs> Shut up, man. Could you argue that it went on a bit long before he did that? Well, tonight, in the wrestling match, <laughs> in the bit that actually matters, did it go on a bit too much about the nonsense and the bullshit before they actually Not got to the me. match? Not for me. They could have gone another five minutes for me. The thing about this is I sometimes can't understand a goddamn thing that Tony <laughs> D is saying. Yeah, so on to the air, right? What? what? Rewind that? <laughs> I, I got it the second time. Man. 15 minutes of the goddamn Sopranos before Raw rolls on. Maybe you <laughs> should do more good for us to say the goddamn thing two times because <laughs> I can't decipher a goddamn thing that you're saying. <laughs> 
Great bit, great this though. Is it? Yeah. Because you get this with voice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I enjoy yeah. it. I remember a smoke shorn through the air, right? <laughs> Just like Van Persie at the World Cup with that diving <laughs> header. <laughs> One of the greatest goals in the history of the competition. I can't wait until he gets called up in the Superstar Shake-Up. How <laughs> <laughs> you say, uh, was that the 5-1 against Spain? It was indeed, Joe. Uh, Aaron Robin really made uh, Jake Cassius like a bit of a titch. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, my background to Friday Night Smackdown. It was, uh, how you say, uh, sobering downfall of a great footballing dynasty. <laughs> I can't, I genuinely, not to make this into a football podcast, I'm so excited that Steve McLaren is coming back to Man United under, want, under a Dutch manager. Uh, why Let him would, draw the press conferences. Why would you do that when he's been a colossal failure? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, the club's already a joke. <laughs> Steve back. My guy stacks. He got better footwork than Boy Camp against Argentina. <laughs> France '98. Look it up, schmuck. <laughs> uh, you think I like you people? You people make me sick. This is a Cruyff toy, huh? <laughs> <laughs> you got rude Hollywood in this goddamn show because it's sexy wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this is the point where they pointed out, uh, they, they hyped up uh, NXT going back on the road and Clash at the Castle, which is coming to Wales, of course, uh, towards the back end of the summer. It, we mentioned it earlier, but my God, is it necessary for them to do the Largo loop again? Yeah. Um, they, you look, we mock, but they may wrestle uh, you know, in front of upwards of seven people. And <laughs> those reps are so crucial to all of them. Like, as evidenced every single week, uh, the reps are crucial. And I'll say this for the main roster's return to house shows. Has a good thing from the pandemic been that the schedule is now reasonable without completely taking the piss and wrecking these wrestlers? They are wrestling more than just once a week on television, but they're not out there five nights a week. You're not going to get ride-along anymore when they used to like make it wacky. The road never ends. Look at them. They're popping pills with their burgers. <laughs> like, it seems like their wrestlers are on a more reasonable schedule now. I don't pay attention. This looks like a more reasonable version of that. Let's see which wrestlers really enjoy the perks of this job. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, backstage. Hey there, don't fall asleep at the wheel. No, seriously. God, it was dark. Wasn't yeah. It? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great 
great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Anyway, Duke Bloody Hudson is uh, backstage. Um, he's been asked about, you know, what's next for him. Sounds like a preview podcast, this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Duke Bloody yeah. Hudson. Release wrestlers fallout. <laughs> Um, but he says, uh, well, he starts, he starts putting himself over when Braun Breaker, who presumably has been walking since the start of last week's show, walks in, interrupts, uh, distracts everyone, and uh, just storms straight out of the ring and tells him to hit his music. Uh, and he comes down to the ring, talks about Joe Gacy leaving him in the wilderness after abducting him a couple of weeks back. Um, and then talks about Joe Gacy <laughs> spouting a load of bollocks and trying to get him to join his weird cult, basically, and says, uh, no, you can kiss my ass. <laughs> um, and after that attack, he's not just coming to beat Joe Gacy, he's coming to put him unconscious. And then Joe Gacy's music hits, and he's in the eagle's nest, is that what we call yeah. it? Yeah, he's up there with his two druids. Uh, Gibson and Drake. <laughs> <laughs> over, overlooking the ring. Um and he says, uh, I'm not here to start trouble for once. Uh, but Bron Bron Breaker wants to get his hands on him. Um, and Gacy says, Look, the people want to see me and you one on one. And I was like, We've already seen it, brother. And the people didn't want to see it. <laughs> yes. Um, but uh, and then Breaker is obviously keen to, to get his hands on him again. But Gacy wants to wants to up the stakes somewhat. Um, and uh, you know, he knows that that Bron Breaker's a frustrated man, an angry man. He wants to hurt him in every way possible. And this has given Joe Gacy an idea. If Ron Breaker gets disqualified in your house, then he loses the title. Ron Breaker, maybe foolishly, accepts this offer. I can't wait for this match on the most ironic, perverse level imaginable because Ron Breaker is going to get made to act. He's going to get furious. Gacy's going to do that... That stupid little sinister smile that he's forced to wear because that's what liberals look like. <laughs> and, oh, my God, you're going to have to see Bron Breaker like, trying to calm down, try to act, try to emote and go, oh, God damn it, I can't hit you that hard. I can't hit you there. I don't know, but it's going to be funny, I think. I'd like to see, like, if they've got some about them. I know it's very rare that we see them, and when we do, they're in a cage for some reason. Bron and the Steiners going to like I don't know yoga or something to to relax their mind. This is their waterfall space they go to to just escape everything. I love this. Yeah, I'm or like skits with any of them, all yeah. three of them together. They can go to a show and and just put money back in the family till, can't they? Like the Scots got one. Like the, you remember the Simpsons did the anger management thing and they could electrocute each other. <laughs> just like yeah. that. Yeah. doing it to each other. This um. A key moment in it's come up a lot on the podcast lately, as it should. Um, in the first episode of Twin, like a real vital plot development is a, a character emerging, dishevelled in the wilderness that opens up the, the first mystery for the rest of the show. You must have felt like that when Bron Breaker came to the ring, did you? See? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's by gimmick. This same, same. It's, like like it's not the same. Like he just kind of walks out. You get to now, like now, only now we get to see how this plot properly develops. That's the same, right? It Bron is Breaker, walking back from a field. It's the same, yeah. He's been in the field for a <laughs> yeah. week, and he's just made it back to, you know, society. You know where he looked like he'd been? Where? Goddamn 
spray tan store. So he looked so orange. He'd been to the gym and tanning. Yeah. He just lived his life. I feel nothing for any of this. But Joe Gase is going to go to his knees, just like when he was Bray Wyatt, when he was fighting Braun and being like, don't hit me, Braun, or whatever that bollocks was with Bray Wyatt. That's what Joe Gase is going to do. Just grab a headlock or an open palm strike, all within the, all within the rules. Yeah. My favourite one. And Braun Breakers is just going to stand there and go, I can't do this. It's like, but you can. Mm. My favourite one. grab a hold. Was when, uh, Chris, get used to it, son. was when Christian Gosden ran the Orton's face. I loved that. <laughs> and he was like, if you get disqualified, you lose the title. And he's like, I'm Randy Orton, I'm fine. I won't, I won't go, all right, what if I just goss in your face? My so favourite. It was good, it was good. It was really good because they've, they've abused spitting and wrestling enough yeah. for me at this point. But that was quite novel then. My favourite variant when Dolph Ziggler could pick literally any, <laughs> stipu- any stipulation in wrestling history. And he was like... I can win the title on the DQ. Take that, Drew. <laughs> this is why you get nowhere, Dolph, ever. <laughs> and then in that match, Drew McIntyre hit him through a table. Yeah. And then another table, but one of them was okay. Yeah. It was a bit stupid. Indy bloody Hartwell um, is tired of being down, and, and she's going to take advantage of all this freedom of being on her own now, which is very depressing for her to hear her say. She's going to take this as, as an opportunity. She's challenging Mandy Rose. She's going to take Mandy's measuring stick and shove it up her ass. A lot of stuff shoving up her ass, but basically. NXT 2.0. So. Yeah. Why has she lost her life partner? Should she not just be talking about how right now they're like a single-income household? And she's got to like win the title because there's not a lot of money coming in at home. We've just lost half our wages. Is he? Why have they? Se- why are they separated? Uh, they're never going to explain this. <laughs> <laughs> they're just going to hope you've forgotten. It's just when you when you leave NXT 2.0, you just cease to exist. Yes. All right. Fair enough. That's that'll do. Thanks to Lumis died <laughs> on his way back to his home planet. Yeah. Uh, Wesley <laughs> was going to have a match. Which is accurate because he will go back to Impact, I'm sure. Yes, he will. <laughs> Uh, he was going to have a match with Zion Quinn, but it's been postponed because uh, Zion Quinn is not cleared to compete. Lee says that Quinn's ducking him when he's medically clear, whenever that is. He knows where to find him. And in comes Nathan Fraser and says, well, if you fancy a match tonight, I'm, I'm up for a match. And I thought, oh, my God, Wesley and Nathan Fraser. Yes, please. And uh, Lee says, oh, it's probably not the best time. I've, I've got a lot of pent-up aggression. And uh, Fraser says... I'm up for that. I'll take on that. Ch- I'll take that bet. I'll take that challenge. I'll see you later on. And uh, we had a thrilling match to look forward to later. Uh, before that, it was the Creed Brothers versus the Viking Raiders. Obviously, they're running it back after Roderick Strong got involved last time. Well, let's talk about what happened here. Another sort of hoss fight between these four men. Uh, early on, the Creed's stops fast out of the blocks, as they often do. Uh, not the Vikings outside, and uh, it takes Eric running Julius over uh, and them to just stop. That elbow, is it... Uh, which one is it? Is it Ivar who's that elbow in the corner that they've added to their offense? I really quite like that when he's got his back to them and he just throws it back, basically. Well, you had the system, Cedric, for remembering which Viking Raider was which, and I've forgotten the system, let alone forgotten who was who. Was it something to do with, like, Rowan was Eric? No, Row was Eric... Because of Eric Rowan. Oh, Raymond Rowan. Yeah. For a while, I nailed this because of that thing that you invented. I'm sure it was something to do with Eric Rowan being like, so Row is Eric. Uh, maybe. But they don't want you to get confused with names. I can't Ivar's remember who the they were before. I know. Now. What were they doing before? Ivar's remember. the sexy one, isn't he? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Ivar is the more comic Viking name for the guy who looks most comically like a Viking. Yeah. Mm. Eric's the uh, the animal killer. <laughs> that's an easy way to remember it uh, and we got my new favourite move in wrestling to take us to the break which is Brutus hitting a cannonball <laughs> to the outside 
You'll I'll, you'll throw it to me. I'll tell I'll tell you how much of an idiot he is momentarily. <laughs> I was going to say we've already discussed this in the office, and you've got a very valid point to make. Uh, anyway, when we come back, uh, the the Raiders are using their experience now. They're, they're the explosiveness of the offense of the, the Creed is being countered. Uh, Eric helps Ivor in hitting Julius with an avalanche slam off the middle rope, but Brutus just dives in to break up the pinfall. Uh, Julius hits Eric with a German suplex, um, but then after he goes up top with Ivar, he gets shoved off, and it looks like Ivar's going to hit a huge splash onto him, but Julius gets out of the way uh, and uh, cradles him, but Eric dives in to just break up the count there. Um, there's a big slugfest when down to the ring, or I think they already might have been there actually, onto the apron, I should say, jumps Damon Kemp, the older brother of Gable Stevenson, um, to distract the referee. Roderick Strong once again jumps in to try and interfere. I think he was trying to hit a knee on uh, Ivar, possibly. But uh, Julius sort of grabs him and throws him out of the ring. Before what he does he do say that. to him as well? We, d- Oh, sorry, yes. We don't need you anymore. <laughs> Charlotte Flair still holding her influence over NXT. Um, and, of course, Julius, in that distraction, then turns around into a roundhouse kick by Ivar. Eric comes in, stereo powerbomb on Julius. One, two, three. The Viking Raiders get the win. Fun, then stupid. No emotion. You can't tell adequately a story about the implosion of a faction when, as we said on the preview yesterday, this faction's been in a constant state of flux. We've never known. Constant state of flux in literally every criteria. The um, actual members, the personnel, changed all the time. Never known really whether they're heel or a babyface unit. Um, as I've got no emotional attachment to this stable whatsoever. So when they tell a story to the detriment of what was a decent, fun host match, then it just ruins something with storytelling. And Brutus Creed is going to break his ankles, I'm telling you. Him doing a cannonball splash is quite cool. Because he's got these big, massive amateur wrestling legs. It's unusual. It's one of those where it's like, oh, it's fun, but it also looks like it really hurts. It intersects a lot of wrestling mm. cool things nicely. But the problem is that... Even if you were good at it in ROH or New Japan or wherever else you've worked, something about walking through the doors of literally any property owned by WWE makes you rubbish at catching. It's as if they actively tell, teach a class how not to catch dives. (laughs) (laughs) If you've done it before, we're going to unlearn that bad habit of protecting your opponent. It's an absolute pandemic, and he just narrowly missed out, shattering his ankles. Because if, and it's going to happen at some point, this is WWE, he misses that worse than he did here. He is hurtling a big frame mm-hmm. with no control over his body because his arms are around his knees, and he's going to go ankle first. He's going to break his ankles. I guarantee before the year is out, Brutus Creed is going to break his ankles. I don't want to see it happen. It just no, is. no, no. It's not not precedence as well like Dexter Loomis, Dexter Loomis hey that. be ricochet <laughs> be a once in a generation athletic phenom Sam Shaw <laughs> for the purposes of a stupid spot where people think you look um, supernatural which by the way we're going to edit so poorly it, that yeah. no one will ever be convinced by it and yes he broke his bloody ankle it's the first time in television the phrase will muddy it up in post <laughs> yes yeah, yeah. didn't um how did Rich Holland get injured it was that wasn't he was catching the high spot as a catch. He was, was getting chucked at him. Only Logan yeah. won it. Yeah. He was catching, but he must have. 
It's applies to the catching class yeah, problem, yeah, yeah. though, doesn't yeah. it? Like, yeah. like, I think his, oh, it's like his ankle folded in on itself yeah. because I think it was like carrying too much weight. Like, I knew there was a high spot attached. I couldn't remember. I don't think he was. I think he was set for only coming off, the, coming out, being thrown over the top rope or something yeah. like you that. You can either be too safe or not safe enough for catching. They are just uh, useless at teaching this. It's sort of match where I felt a bit guilty for not being more invested in it. Um, I got into the near falls, you know. For, did you? For like yeah. from really early on, there were signposting that it was going to be this further diamond mine miscommunication. You could sort of see where the yeah. things coming from. And it took me out with the, the near falls because the work's pretty good. Mm. I think, do you know what it is with the Creed brothers? And like all joking aside about the, the Largo loop and stuff, they're, I think they're really going to connect in buildings. Not this building. This building counts for nothing. But I think in actual buildings, like you could call them up tomorrow. They're a, a polished enough act, I think, where you could call them up and they just fit, like on Raw or SmackDown or whatever, and they do cool stuff. I think they would make fans make noise. I think they'd go down really well in AEW. You know, and it, like where like you're, a, a paying fan is going to be wowed and be dazzled, and they'd be permitted to do so, potentially dangerous spots notwithstanding. Like, I think they could go and actually make a crowd make noise. They're, they're right there. But the, over, um, the over, for, overly formulaic style of these matches... I think dulls that blade, and it's a shame because they're at the point now. They're not as rough around the edges as they were early doors in terms of injuring people, mm-hmm. but they're doing enough that I think could like, have a crowd really, really firing up. And it's just, but this is limbo. They could be at this NXT thing for another year. Like, realistically, they could be made to wait to win the belts and then made to defend them for a bit. And then you're like, thank you, Creed, when they, when they finally leave off at the back of a takeover or something. They don't really need to have that NXT journey. I'd, I'd, I'd say call them up. They do need the loop, though. I've seen, they need yeah, the loop. I've seen them the throw loop. some suplex where it's like, Jesus Christ, like, <laughs> you need to tighten that stuff up for the well-being of your opponent. Yeah. Uh, we heard from Tony earlier on. Then we heard from here Santos Escobar and the rest of Legado del Fantasma. Uh, he's realised that Tony D simply wants to be like him. He's he's under his skin. He's in his head. Uh, <sighs> but like Tony promised, Red he said, free, yeah? it's going to be uh, it's going to be one-on-one. And understand, understandably, Cruz del Toro is furious at this, considering what they did to him. So is Joaquin Wild. Um, he says, they say, look, Tony's going to have his goons out there, no matter what. Why can't B be there? And Electra Lopez reminds them, no. Don't let the emotions get the better of you. Don't let the emotions get in the way of Birniot. And uh, Santos says he's going to be, don't worry. We all know what I'm implying here, but I'm going solo. Always think about that with like gangster things. It's like, we all know what I'm saying here. I'm like, do we? (laughs) (laughs) If you catch my drift. Yeah, I'm like, so do you want me out there or not? Because you're saying no, but you're like winking a bit. But do you or not? Because I need some clarification here, mate. (laughs) <laughs> anyway Tony you want to be like me good <laughs> uh, right we uh, see Grayson Waller Grayson Bloody Waller warming up he's shadow boxing when him walks Tiffany and she's like on her phone she's like ew and uh, Grayson <laughs> says bloody you bloody doing that bloody break it's tournament tournament stuff again Tiff he's an absolute travesty that you weren't in there, Tawny. If anyone's a breakout star, it's Tiffany Stin. Uh, Jesus. It's her Telluride. <laughs> but can you do me a favor? Please, can you take care of this Andre Chess situation? It is so annoying. And uh, Grayson What says, was that last one? <laughs> so annoying. Oh, annoying, yeah. right. And Grayson says, no, no problem, Skip. I'll hand it in right now. Make sure you're watching. Before we get to Andre Chesvers and Grayson Bloody Waller. 
Uh, Bron Breaker's leaving the building when uh, the cameras catch up with him and ask if uh, if they think he's uh, he's got too emotional. Is he playing into Joe Gacy's hands? But before he can start really shooting, uh, Duke Bloody Hudson interrupts. <laughs> Doing it right. <laughs> and says, yeah, it doesn't feel bloody good, does it? Huh? <laughs> It's, and Bron wants a match tonight. And, and, and uh, what's this? Well, I've looked at the bloody running order and there's no bloody space. So how about next week? That's agreed for next week. Good. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, we'll preview it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if they're going to nick from something, they might as well nick from like dynamite backstage interruption. That's how this has happened. Yes. Like in clashing backstage, have a match. There's worse ways to do it. Uh, and then it was Grayson Waller versus Andre Chase. Uh, early on, Waller takes control, batters Chase about a bit, but Chase fights back. He hits those uh, C-H-A-S-E-U stamps, which I just love. Um, hits him with a neck breaker. Um, the Saray, in amongst all the Chase U people, cheerleading for Andre Chase. Um, but uh, there's one point where Waller's coming at Chase and he gets backdropped over the top rope, but unfortunately, Andre Chase has sent him over the top onto Bodie Hayward, who is there cheerleading for him. Andre Chase, like the good teacher that he is, checks on his students, but that allows uh, Waller to recover, and he hits that mint diving into the ring, rolling pop-up cutter thing of his to get the one, two, three. <sighs> there, right? So, like, I'm super positive about all of this. Oh, cool for it, because I've got nothing right. to say, really. So, all the match was... Really good in a way that I just didn't feel about the opener. I love like, Andre Chase. So Andre Chase is pretty great. Grayson Waller looks like again. This you can take this both ways. Is probably main roster ready. That's as much a criticism as, as a compliment in truth. But like he's got enough about him. Mm. He's almost like too polished. He kind of makes his he kind of makes his exciting moments a bit more boring. But it's because he's wrestling for the audience of one, and he wants to you know move on in that company. That's fair enough. Him and Theory and Mania main event in yeah, two years. Exactly, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah, exactly yeah, yeah, that yeah, comparison, yeah. right? But. I, I quite enjoy the work in this. I NXT does what the main roster flatly refuses to, maybe with the exception now of uh, this new Bullet Club alliance between the three. It is allowing these characters who are one-dimensional and drawn with a thick felt-tip pen <laughs> to have fre- to have character traits and thus make friends with characters that also have other character traits. WWE hates friendship. Or the idea that, as we, you know, the cliche that people can coexist. There's a bunch of people coexisting with personalities that have drawn them to similar personalities that are li- sort of having matches that are leading to other matches with overlapping. I'm not going to. I'm not going to compliment enough by saying dovetailing because it's not that at all. But what about dovetailing? It can be that. Okay, can it? Because it is my thing. Well, no, I would never say your word. Duh. <laughs> I can't even go near it, so that's the closest I'm going to get. Nor would I apply what you mean by that word to this. I just like seeing these characters, as one note as they are, be able to interact with yeah. others and like overlap a little bit. It's something that the main roster never, ever does. Like wrestlers are almost always only allowed to be in one storyline at any one time. And it's, it's typically a shock to the system when you see somebody on a Raw Smackdown like suddenly stumble into somebody else's business. You, you cannot do it. Like, Chad Gable is somebody that could probably do it at the moment, but he's busy with the Kevin Owens-Ezekiel thing. So, God forbid, he stumble inadvertently into RK Bro's dispute with the Usos. But his character could. And there's so few characters like his. Mm. And I, ju- I was, like, sort of impressed. Might be That praise might be too general. But I was sort of impressed with all of them doing this. That's the second or third week in a row where these characters have been able to do that. And I've got a passing admiration for it. I just love Grayson Waller's finisher. 
I think it looks great. Good finish. Yeah, really, really good stuff. Um, right, then we... I was thrown by this. Next up, we had uh, Toxic Attraction backstage or wherever they are, Toxic Lounge or whatever. Um, watching a clip of Caden Carter and not Casey Catanzara, Katana Chase. That's right, isn't it now? Ch- chance? Chance, chance, whatever. Chance. Katana Chance. Get it right. Well, the reason I say that is because they didn't call a promo last... Was this a dot-com exclusive they're watching? I think so, yeah. All right, okay, brilliant. I'm glad someone's watching they're it. They're looking for reasons to be pissed off with these yeah. instant challenges, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kaden and Katana are, are complaining about toxic attraction, basically, and in walks Mandy. She's furious about what Indy Hartwell was saying earlier about her. Everyone's disrespecting them, and they're all jealous of how long they've all held these championships. Uh, and Gigi said, we need to change that. And Mandy says, it starts with Indy Hartwell. Um, and we stay backstage to see the Diamond Mind arguing. Um, Roderick Strong's, you know, angry at them for not taking his help again. They should be thanking him. There's no way they can beat Pretty Deadly for the titles if they don't follow his lead. And the Creed's storm off. Um, and uh, at that point, Pretty Deadly walk in and uh, mock Roderick Strong for not being able to show the Creed's how it's done. And he says, well, why don't me and Kemp uh, take you on next week? And there's a match set again there. Like, it's so there was one thing I wanted sandwiched between two I didn't. And I don't know if that's subjective or it just comes to, like, NXT 2.0's booking just not really having that many engaging pairings. Creed's and Pretty Deadly, like, down the line, is something I want to see. And they've showed me a glimpse of it and they've made me realise, yes, one of these days, the Creed's going to absolutely destroy Pretty Deadly and it's going to be earned and it's going to be really satisfying. Uh, the opposite of that is the two feuds that it was building either side. So you've got this... Uh, Kemp and Strong versus Pretty Deadly. Don't care. Toxic attractions, individual feuds out of nowhere just to fill TV time. Couldn't care less. And I just, having all these things close to each other was just reminding me there's so little on the show I actually want to watch. Creed's and Pretty Deadly. And yeah, that's it. That's the only pairing of any wrestlers on this brand that I currently <laughs> want to see fight one another. Maybe with the possible exception of the mini match that we saw elsewhere on this card. There's just, there's so few pairings of wrestlers I want. Run that back full length in your house. And I'll be more excited about In Your House than maybe Double or Nothing at this point. <laughs> uh, we got the final quarterfinal for the women's breakout tournament. It was uh, Kiana James, who was bringing corporate strategy to the wrestling ring against Roxanne Perez. Um, Roxanne Perez is so good. Yeah, she's really, really, really good. I mean, shock horror. <laughs> they brought someone in and gone, you're quite good already. Um, Perez was was in, was in peril for a lot of this match. Um she was. Uh, she got hit with a backbreaker. Um, she managed to reverse a Boston Crab into a roll. She's she's trying to steal one effectively here because uh, Kiana James dominated for the majority of this match. Um, she gets hit with a spinning backbreaker. Uh, she can't get any momentum going basically. But finally, she gets a bit of space. Hits her with a head scissors. Russian leg sweep. Gets a bit of bit of a breather. Um, James manages to hit a side slam, but misses a charge into the corner. And Roxanne Perez hits a code red. Or an up rocks, I think it's called. That's technically her name for it. And she gets the three count. She advances and good because I want to see more of her in this tournament. Yeah, like this is a really competent. Oh god, she's facing the facing last legend. I've just realised next. Yeah, out she goes. Uh, yeah, Talk for the yeah. Sorry, I've just realised what the final's going to be. Yeah, they run it back again. Yeah. Sorry, oh, trying yeah, to toddle yeah. over your toes. Whole tournament there. for that. It's got to be. Th- <laughs> it's got to be. Th- I tread on people's tools all the time. It's okay. Uh, yeah, competently wrestled match. Showed a lot of spirit. Just the idea of just intent to win and intent to win 
via really composed, slick professional wrestling with some spirit and some emotion and some like a goddamn ability behind it. I like Roxanne Pereira's a great deal. I don't want to be like overcritical of our favorite corporate strategist, but we talk sometimes about WWE wrestlers being required to elevate bad material. I think like Roxanne Perez is just going to have to elevate bad wrestlers. And that's not to say that bad wrestlers can't become good ones, but this match felt like a real match because she gave up so much of herself to try and play both the underdog and somebody that was like blatantly so much more experienced. Yeah. That's yes. a hard yeah, like, yeah, tightrope yeah. to walk, and she's skilled enough to do it. Now, that's watching it from an analytical point rather than submitting to the kayfabe of it. But that she can do it only bodes well for her, I think. Mm. Looks like someone should have spent more time in the training room than the boardroom. Right, guys? Idris <laughs> <laughs> uh, Anofe and Malik Blade. This is the bit I was going to reference our old friends from the, the former. Um, they were spoofing Santos Escobar and Tony D'Angelo here doing impressions of them. Imagine someone doing that. Um <laughs> Tony D ain't afraid of nobody. Hey, Santos, we got to settle things with our hands. And he goes to put up you dukes and then <laughs> manages to do the, the Italian hand symbol and goes, oh, mamma mia, here I go again. And he goes, I need to call my familia. <laughs> He's absolutely loving his life, goes, isn't he? I always wanted to be a gangster. And he goes... No, not me. I want to be the leader of leader of leaders. And he confuses himself with his own <laughs> sentence. Anyway, in comes Stacks and two dimes uh, who confront Idris and Ophi and Malik Blade and uh, say, you're a couple of wise guys, huh? <laughs> <laughs> and they get in a, huh, you talking to me? You talking to me? There's no one else here. You must be talking to me. Uh, and uh, Stacks and two dimes say, once you're done playing, make believe I'll about your faces next week. This is goddamn drivel. <laughs> it's, just, <laughs> it's got that drivel. It ain't got no audience. It ain't it's got an audience of one. Yeah, right yeah, here. yeah, yeah. Right yeah. here. <laughs> it's drivel and uh, how they expect any of this to headline wrestle goddamn mania. <laughs> I got no clue. How did it feel? Watch it. That's what I do. Yeah. Like you were doing the Spider Man meme with your own TV I screen. Was it. Right so this was why. <laughs> And, uh, my, my first favourite wrestler was the Ultimate Warrior. I did not once look at the Ultimate Warrior and be like, just like me, that guy. Yeah, <laughs> that insane <laughs> lunatic with muscles on top of his muscles. One of the same, him and I. Saw four wrestlers that didn't do as good a Tony D'Angelo as you. I just, I, I, will, I will never, ever have a bad word to say about Idris Anofe. They're, they're great. They're and Malik Blade, I should say as well. Idris Anofe, though, with the hat on and the shirt open, with that body... Like I'm, I'm Vince. When I'm like, he's doing an impression, yeah. and he's got that body. I am with you to a point, but I'm more with Cedric's take that this was drivel because it was just like they're not wrestlers, man. Uh, they're not wrestlers. They're these people. <laughs> Malik Blade hitting him with the old. See you next week, Mama Look at the end. Huge bap. Uh, Roxanne gets congratulated by uh, Mackenzie. Uh, a backstage interview. In comes Cora Jade to celebrate with her, and Cora's getting asked about what happened with her and Natalia. But she says, "No, no, no. She's she's a good baby fish. She's not not about me. It's all about rocks." <laughs> Why'd you get in the goddamn frame? <laughs> <laughs> I did think that. Uh, anyway, in comes Electra Lopez, who says, "Oh, enough of you two. Tonight's all about Santos. I don't know why I'm saying it like that. Uh, next week it's going to be all about me when I face Alba Fire." And uh, she says, well, what's, your, what's your problem? Says Cora Jade to Electra Lopez. And she goes, clearly neither are you. And then walks off. Like the two baby faces and a clear heel for them to eventually face down the line. I'm not saying the match is going to be awesome, but 
At least there's some storyline here, I suppose. That's my least favourite .NET wrestling take, Wilborn. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> yeah. Like, Folks. That's just my impression of every old... Uh, <laughs> Folks. Every like late 90s to early 2000s <laughs> proto-IWC columnist opening gambit. Folks. And you can't do the impression because thankfully... Like nothing else they would say it was something that you would commit to yeah, a microphone yeah, anymore because yeah. oh, no. it is rank out there. <laughs> uh, oh, then we got the potentially a phenomenal match, which was sadly ruined by it going to a no contest. It was Nathan Fraser versus Wesley. Oh, what a glimpse we got of the potential these two have got in a, in a, in a ring together. Um, lots of counter stuff, high flying. I think they used the word high octane quite a lot. They knew exactly what they were putting across high here. Octane. High octane, Vic. I cock chain more like. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. <laughs> My cocktail. Um, uh, Fraser gets sent to the apron. Lee knocks him to the floor. At one point, did, did Wesley just like fling the? Oh, yeah, yes, it was so good. It was mint that. Um, anyway, they managed to switch switch places somehow, and Nathan Fraser hits that amazing suicide dive of his. Uh, when we come back into the ring, Lee gets him for a German suplex for a two count, and Fraser catches him up top. Uh, they go for a superplex. That's counted into a crossbody off the top for two. They're both down. They hit stereo crossbodies. You're thinking, oh, my God, what's this amazing match hurtling towards this bonkers finish going to be? Von Wagner rocks in and wrecks everyone. <laughs> Yeah, kicks Fraser in the face, attacks both of them, lays both of them out, and then uh, Gorilla presses Wesley and throws him out of the ring to, I mean, it did look great, bounce Boom. off the announce table. Um, but yes, I, I essentially you've got something to say about this situation. Yeah, it was incredible. It was absolutely incredible while this lasted. It, it, was a, it was incredible at a rate above just merely very good wrestling that you see everywhere in America. These two have got something incredibly special together. Warp speed. It was like everything good about a fundamentally sound professional wrestling match. It never felt like I loved Phoenix. I'm going to invoke an AW comparison in NXT's favor, right? Wow. I really liked Danny Martin versus Ray Phoenix from the other week, even though clearly it was more of a cool match than a good match. This was a fundamentally solid wrestling match with strategy, with counters, with using the ring itself as a weapon. That never felt like not a fight, except it was a fight worked within a particular style at which both these acts are incredible. It just felt like a mint, logical, gripping professional wrestling match, the moves in which happened to be incredibly cool and the pace of which melted my brain. I was loving this so much. And then you had to go and spoil it all by doing something stupid like phone work. <laughs> My God. This is the best thing I'll ever do in, this in the entire history of this brand. This like four minutes of action will be the best thing they ever do. And they ruined it. Put these guys in the opening match of Dynamite mm -hmm. and give them 14 minutes. They'll blow your bloody little tits off. They'll blow the... Uh, and I made... From uni, so I'm gonna blow the come out, you prick. It <laughs> 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 was like one of his like lines. It was great, and that's what it will do. And my goodness, they ruined it because they are incompetent. Please, I hope there's an angle next week where they say, right, Von Wagner's banned from ringside. We've got some unfinished business, and give them the opener of in your house. Well, no, next week he's, uh, Wesley's facing Sanger because they are no longer backstage. Oh, yeah, 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 cool. They're probably gonna make him a tag team. Oh, crikey. Um, maybe. They do the bar thing. 
Yeah. Best of seven, then do a tag team so you get all of it at once. Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, they'll believe internally that the match, they were probably instructed, go out there and work the best match you can do because that's how you get the heat when Von Wagner spoils it. They want Michael Sidgwick to go on a podcast and say, like, you've just done the best thing ever and you've ruined it. So Bruce Pritch can be like, no, you idiot, that's the point. Now you hate We're Von Wagner. telling a story. Yeah. Telling. It's Bruce 2022. Pritchard does that thing where instead of I-N-G, it's E-E-N-G, and it pisses me off telling. more than... We're telling a story. <laughs> it's we're not wrestling. It's sports entertainment. <laughs> it's 2022, is what it is, and it's not. You is it? You don't get heat. You don't get heat that way anymore. Like this oh, I was say, I was like, this isn't. This, <laughs> this is the sort of thing where, when there was a few less smart asses like us kicking around, they were there pre-Twitter people. There was an internet, but like the people would just accept a lot more of what they were being shown and like, ooh, that monster broke up my match. I hate him so much now. I can't wait for them to get their revenge on him or that monster to get what's coming from whatever. We're so far removed from that. So like decades removed from people feeling like that. What happens is exactly as Sidgwick has articulated. People are really enjoying something and then that enjoyment is ripped away and it's like, oh, right. well, I won't come I won't come here for my enjoyment anymore then. Like, I'll I won't be, this place won't give me more of that. They'll, in fact, take it away. We're not rubes. You know, we're not carnival marks anymore. We, that applies to not just us sitting around this table, but every wrestling fan. You know, it's the same as saying, like, well, can't please those online wrestling fans. Everybody's online. Mm. Wi-Fi's everywhere. You know, in, in the street, you can get free Wi-Fi. It's just, yeah, th this is so far removed from what generates heat. You're taking the wrong thing away from people, and it's not Von Wagner's fault. It, it doesn't help that he's... This, like, anti-charismatic giant that isn't that big. He's all the wrong things of all the things he's supposed to be. That doesn't help his case, but it's not his fault that they're trying to supplant this type of heat on him. Mm. And then backstage, yeah, they were selling their injuries, walking through backstage, and a fully suited Sang is just sitting about and says, oh, I'll, I'll order that, to be honest. People of your size getting chucked around by uh, Von Wagner, Wesley's origin. What do you mean, people of my size? And uh, Nathan Ray's like, I don't think you meant anything by it. He's like, no, no, let's have it out. So he's going to face Sanger next week. Sanger, like, like every time Sanger's on screen at the moment, especially with like Von Wagner's repackaging, off for that matter, the fifty giants that hang around. It's like, gone off dawn, have you? Energy, yeah. Energy about Sanger at this point. Poor like, Sanger. Record time. Poor no Sanger. Anyone no ever heard of Sanger? Does he exist? S sympathy for a monster. This happens all the time. Sanger exists. Is, is it like a one and three record alongside Grace? They got the one um, win. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, imagine writing about Sanger in a list. <laughs> no one knows who he is. <laughs> it's go on, on, those, like, on national television. You're going to go on those, like, Eric Escobar lists. Yeah. Where, like, they're not forgotten anymore because they've been in so many, hey, these wrestlers that you don't remember. Well, I've read about him in 100 times. You know, <laughs> content, so I think I know who he is now. He was Vicky Guerrero's boyfriend. I did forget about Eric Escobar. <laughs> and then I saw it in one of our lists and went, oh, yeah, no, I do remember. There he is. There he is. I remember him in such lists as Ruthless Aggression Era Stars, you don't remember? <laughs> yeah, exactly. John Laurinaitis are still projects. About to, get f about to get 50 more of them lists, now he's back in the chair. <laughs> Me and Hamlet have written like four of them. Yeah. <laughs> We're trying to make them funny. We're trying to make them funny. Yeah. Uh, Many event time. They are. They are. Yeah. Funnier than the actual characters were themselves. Yeah. <laughs> apart from Braden Walker. Like, you can't compete. You can't write a joke. Oh. Like, you can't write. Well, I can't. Cedric might be able to. I can't write a joke. That is as funny as knock knock bread walker gonna knock your brains out was unfunny. Yeah, I, I, I'm not capable. Yeah, that one is burned into my brain, brain walker. And, um, the, and the DVD trailer that they made for him. Yeah, that's that one time he stood next to Matt Hardy. <laughs> <laughs> and they do a bit where they slow down when he walks on the ramp. 
put his hands on his hips. <laughs> he looks he, <laughs> even he looks disappointed in himself when he <laughs> debuts. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to Chris Harris? <laughs> right, he did an extra wear James Storm white sweat off his brow in TNA that he didn't make the move. Tony D'Angelo versus Santos Escobar. It's the main event, pretty main much. Main event, uh, this is it. Well, that wasn't it wasn't the last thing by, on the show. No, 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 no. By name, it was the main event. Um, bit of joy jacking uh, to start off, and this uh, blood feud starts with a lockup. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> back and forth brawling between the two of them. Uh, Tony puts an elbow into the back of Santos's goddamn head and uh, hits him with a neck breaker off the ropes and then does that thing. Very old school, the dragging along the top of the ropes. That reminded me of, remember that, uh, the crowd thinks it's real, but she's actually a stunt granny. Video. <laughs> <laughs> like wrestling secrets revealed or whatever. Because I remember them showing that, like, he's not actually blinding him by shoving his eyes against the ropes. The guy's just putting his hand in the way. What? And then, like, afterwards, it's like, and as for grandma, drinking beers with the boys. And you see her, like, <laughs> hanging out with the wrestlers afterwards, and they're all laughing, yucking it up. They fooled us again with the stunt granny. <laughs> it's that, and I remember, because it's the voice of Salem, obviously, yeah, yeah. Uh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, isn't it? And where they were like, you know the uh, promoters give out signs? And I was like, I've seen some of those signs <laughs> in WWE. I don't think they were giving out, please retire big show signs. It was like, there was other stuff in that as well, where they were just, they were cynical and angry at things that were just good. Like, huh, try doing that at home, won't make such a big noise. Microphones under the ring. There's a big spring, good. basically. It's a big mattress. What? No, it's not. Good. Uh, is it funny to you how the matches always finish on time? Look at the commentator. He's got a pencil by his ear. I was like, that's pretty sophisticated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They didn't have radio technology in the 80s. That's, that's quite impressive how they do that. That's good that they keep saying. Yeah. Bet you feel like a total idiot. <laughs> they're not trash talking to each other. They're telling each other what they're going to do next. <laughs> <laughs> Don't eat the angel's secret to the goddamn ring. No, I might have to, we might have to ask for that for a five-star review. review. I want to re-watch some of, the, uh, some of the wrestling secrets revealed Do you know stuff. who one of, the, uh, one of the masked guys was? El Generico? Exposing the business. No. Harley Race. Is it? Really? Yeah, not so great fundamentals there, were there? Like, he was taking the... Uh, taking but the man, the, the, I'm not going to say him now, but the names they gave, you know, they, just, they couldn't be like, this is, you know, Kurt Angle or whatever. They're like, here is John America. Legs, brackets, Crusher, Johnson. Yeah. Holly Race is like the proto-freaking integrity of their business. Yeah. <laughs> so he was like, did the dive and headbutt. Like, I think it was, who was like, called God? That's a disgrace. <laughs> <laughs> What do you think of the uh, the fundamentals of this main event, by the way? Uh, piss poor fundamentals. <laughs> <laughs> piss poor. <laughs> piss poor. <laughs> so, uh, you that a red light district, actually, if you go the right time of night. <laughs> Tony D Very bad match, I think. Uh, Tony D comes off the, the ropes at some point. I've lost where we are in this match. Eats an integrity, goes to the outside. Santos uh, comes off for a big dive, but Tony D uh, hits him with a huge shot. Uh, to the side of the head and pops on his hat and mocks Santos to take us to a break. When we come back, uh, Escobar kicks D'Angelo in the face and manages to hit a dive this time. He gets cut off by D'Angelo, though, uh, who hits him with a series of belly-to-belly suplexes. I did like the little the little kiss of death that he did. That's a nice little touch he's added to his arsenal. Just see the intent in Adam Wilborn's eyes just then. Like just holding on to the copium that Tony D's good. Yeah, he is. <laughs> Uh, they both go up. Uh, they go both go up top. Uh, snap Hurricane Rana from Escobar. Uh, a whole. I mean, it all goes silent for a minute on my feed because the holy sh chants are, are so loud that they have to mute the audio for like thirty seconds. Uh, in the midst of all this, 
Tony D goes looking for his crowbar that he's uh, normally got kept, obviously, by the, the steps. We can't find it. Um, and it's revealed that Legado del Fantasma are there at ringside. They've stolen it. He's furious at them. Income stacks and two dimes. Big brawl breaks out. Uh, and Tony D turns around to a to a, quite a punch from Santos Escobar. Lays him out. Santos gets the one, two, three. Uh, but then post-match, it's revealed that Santos has got the brass knocks to lay out Tony D'Angelo. That's why that shot was so effective. Santos cheats to win. I thought quite little of this. Um, you know what's funny? It's, uh, I'm trying to come up with the knowledge. I mean, it's like a magic eye picture where you're literally staring at nothing and then something appears because you're staring at it so much. Because I was kind of watching nothing here. There's some decent stuff. Like, it's better than Tony D's first match, right? Yes. I'm not meant to be thinking in those terms. I'm meant to be thinking, this is a great work of fiction, and it's very athletically and wonderfully performed, and it feels like a struggle. I'm not meant to be analyzing it like a coach. But when you're watching what's pretty much nothing, it's a nothing WWE match. And a nothing WWE match is more exciting than a nothing A's WWF match. But, you know, it's still like, ugh, whatever. When you're watching nothing, something stands out. Did you see Escobar bump and feed? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God, he's got, he's in trouble. <laughs> he, he can't do that. <laughs> he had a knee look on his face. It was so robotic. And I'm thinking, you're the one who's not meant to be the robot. You're the one who's meant to be really good at this. So he's bumping and feeding. I'm watching his face. I'm thinking, this is so robotic. This is so routine. This is so structurally efficient with <clears throat> nothing to it at all. That's the only thing I really took away from it. Um, there's, but it's on, Santos is obviously... Or exceeds this level. So he's probably done he's it a been, million he's times. He's been dragged down to it. That yeah. is the yeah. issue. Um, Tony D caught and sold a really fantastically performed aerial very well. I'll give him credit for that. That's the only other thing that I really paid attention to. Drills, drills, drills. Just gradually destroying whatever it was that Santa Escobar might have once yeah. had. Yeah. That really cold and like unfeeling match this. It, Tony D'Angelo is getting better, but again, that's like... Um, like graded on against what really the fact that you know he was pretty horrendous and he's ever slightly less horrendous. The finish was nicked, I think, from I think it was John Cena, but I might be misremembering one of the wrestlers. But obviously the other element was Eddie Guerrero with the you know while the referee is distracted. I think did Wade Barrett invoke him on the commentary? Yes, uh, yeah. But like, so I, I'm pretty sure it was John Cena in 2003 where Cena would have had the uh, the chain, chain, yeah. the chain at the time. The referee is taking the chain off Cena, who was still a heel, seems to turn face, getting over, really over. Like that kind of perfect over where half the crowd are cheering him and you can't wait for the turn. But Eddie Guerrero's the light cheating steel guy, so you get that. But it's really sad when you see a tribute to something that was super over once by two guys that are not really that over to carry it off. They both kind of came across like arseholes. Like one of them got to cheat first and it was both, and like both of them were charmless in it. So I don't, I think I understood why they were stealing that finish, but I don't think it was anywhere near as effective because characters have got to be in a very specific Position in their lifespan to be able to pull that off. Asker and Becky did, did, did well on Raw, I thought. Kind of, yeah. Actually, that's yeah, that's a fairly apt comparison considering like that they're both over stars. Um, this didn't get anywhere near that. You just kind of felt like, oh, they're, they're both sort of cheating rascals and one of them's managed to cheat first. Is Santos the new Dan of NXT? What's that even mean? I don't know. You just keep saying <laughs> it. <laughs> the Don of NXT, clearly... Like showed himself in the closing segment, didn't he? Oh, yeah, I was going to say, the show hasn't finished, though, because we cut to one Joe Gacy, who's somewhere outside on a rooftop, um, and he cuts a promo on Bron Breaker saying, look, 
We all know about Bron Breaker and his, his rage. He won't be able to control his anger next week or in your house. And you see, Michael Sidgwick, his lack of control will grant me full control of the NXT title. And the world! <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, there's a close-up of him cackling away with his snidey little git of a face showing, interspersed with, yes, a s- slow zoom of the city of that he's going he's gonna to take over Gotham, I think. Is he that joker? D- is he... That joker, baby. Take that for the Dynamite preview later. <laughs> oh, I've got two coming up. Great, yeah. greatly got two. Um, my God. The worst thing, the funniest thing I should say about this is how awesome they thought it was. I love it, I love it, I love it. It's my favorite thing when people think they're good, they're angry, they're total hacks. <laughs> they thought this was the coolest visual, the best metaphorical visual storytelling. This is... <laughs> <laughs> it was crap. It's what it is. Considering how close he is to this material... Bruce Pritchard will never do a Conrad podcast on Joe Gacy, will he? Uh, you'll, never, you'll never hear the background information on how like, you know, how they secured this shot and how they got this and what they used to film this because nobody's ever going to listen to their crap. Like, it was just nonsense. At least when they were using... You know when like they were in full sale? And they didn't like leave that building very much, but when they did, there was that like, little reminder at the end, like made with full sale university. It was like, oh, this is like a... Almost WWE working, like doing a co-op project with some students yeah. that can maybe submit this for an assignment or something. This is all the billion-dollar wrestling company and these very, very tenured production staff making this. This is what they came up with. Rubbish. <laughs> Laugh like I, I, like you delivered on my very high expectations of how you would get over that and the world. <laughs> because as soon as I saw that, all I could think of was like, well, this is just there to have the piss ripped out of it. Yeah. Well, even Joe Gacy must know this. Oh, 100 percent. He has to commit. He's got talent. Yeah, he commits to this bit, knowing. Oh, absolutely. That knowing that it is going to be mocked, because he like he wants teamed with Eddie Kingston. He knows what like he good wrestling what, is. He knows yeah. what serious pro wrestling is supposed to look like, and he knows what this is, and they couldn't be further apart. Well, see if for next week we can do what he tries to do every single week, Pinky. Let's <laughs> <laughs> take over the world. Not Pinky, was it? The yeah, Pinky in the Brain, yeah. Pinky in the Brain. For some reason I had Pinky and Perky in my head. That's a very different setup. The new name for Gibson and Drake. <laughs> you see Pinky in the Brain. <laughs> We're going to do what we do every week. Try and take over the world. Well, we'll see if they can do that next week. Let us know your thoughts on how successful Joe Gacy was with that this week. Uh, at what culture WWE on Twitter? Watch there. You can follow all three of us. You can follow Michael Hamflet at Michael Hamflet. Follow Michael Sidgwick at M Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at what culture WWE. As I said, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. Myself and the Dadleys back later on today to look ahead to AEW Dynamite tonight. Uh, but for now, this has been the NXT review. My thanks to the Dadleys. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
it. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 